0: The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we're going to be discussing a few new Harry Potter potholes, specifically from the Philosopher's Stone. Before we begin untangling the debut novel of our beloved HP series, however, I just want to highlight that this video is one in a series of plot hole videos that I've done. So, if you haven't done so yet, be sure to watch my previous thoughts on Harry Potter Plot Holes in 10 Huge Harry Potter Plot Holes ranked and 10 Huge Harry Potter Plot Holes Part 2 ranked. Both of those videos focus on overall plot holes from various installments throughout the entire series. But today, of course, we'll focus entirely on the Philosopher's Stone. Let's get into it. Number 1. The Whereabouts of Hagrid and Harry during the Missing Day. In the very beginning of the novel, we see Albus Dumbledore meet Professor Minerva McGonagall on Privet Drive as they await the arrival of Rubius Hagrid, who was entrusted with bringing an infant Harry Potter to his aunt and uncle's home. This scene is described as after dark, as Dumbledore uses his pusher outer to collect all of the orbs of light from the surrounding streetlights to ensure they are not seen by any neighbours. We also know that an entire day has passed since Voldemort murdered Harry's parents and attempted to murder him. We know this because Harry's uncle, Vernon Dursley, describes all the odd things he sees that day on his way to and during work. These odd things are of course the celebrations of the wizarding world in response to Voldemort's defeat. This means that an entire day has passed since the previous evening, when Hagrid took Harry from the scene of the crime the pair's arrival at number 4 Privet Drive, leaving the very obvious question of – where the hell were they for 24 hours? Now we know that Hagrid borrowed Sirius Black's flying motorbike, but it clearly wouldn't have taken a whole day to travel by magic flying motorbike, would it? And we know he flew the bike, at least part of the way, because when he arrives his arrival is from the air. So with the math just not adding up on this one, it's definitely a plot hole in my opinion. Two. Baby Harry being left outside the Dursleys Are we really meant to believe that the three magical beings, Dumbledore, McGonagall and Hagrid, who claim to deeply care for the recently orphaned one-year-old Harry, just left him outside of the Dursleys' doors in the middle of a chilly October night? Think about it. There's no mention of any sort of magical spell cast to protect tiny Harry from the elements nor do the three wizards seem all that bothered by the thought that they're just dumping a baby on the Dursley's doorstep, with the assumption that, at some point, the next day, either Vernon or Petunia will find him. If not a plot hole, it is, at the very least, incredibly weird. 3. Mrs. Weasley Not Remembering Platform 9 and 3 quarters This plot hole is more like a giant oversight, in my opinion. Readers of the Philosopher's Stone may recall that the only reason Harry notices the Weasley family while at King's Cross station is that he overhears Ron's dear mum, Molly, trying to remember the platform number of the Hogwarts Express. Out loud, I might add. I personally find it incredibly hard to believe that after previously bringing five Weasley children to platform 9 and 3 quarters throughout the course of their educations at Hogwarts, she would not have this number absolutely cemented in her mind. Not to mention that the platform number never changes. Every subsequent year that Harry catches the train to school, the platform is always 9 and 3 quarters. 4. The Concept of Poor Witches and Wizards The concept that members of the wizarding community could be poor is a rather confusing one if you ask me. Of course, we're clearly introduced to this idea in the Philosopher's Stone with the explanation of the Weasley's reputation and description of Ron's shabby clothing and hand-me-down wand. But, in a world in which magic can conjure food and transform one inanimate object into another, couldn't any witch or wizard who wanted to be better off simply create more wealth for themselves? Seems to me this is quite a substantial plot hole. 5. How the Dursleys returned from the island As you will likely remember, when Harry started receiving his admission letters to Hogwarts, Vernon Dursley brought the entire family to a rickety old hut on an isolated island in a desperate attempt to hide from the magical letters. This didn't work, of course, as Hagrid, who was tasked to ensure Harry, did indeed receive his acceptance letter, easily tracked them down and delivered Harry's mail to him in person. Now the plot hole to this portion of the story is that the island was so isolated that the only way the Dursleys and Harry were able to get there was to travel by a small rowboat. As Hagrid was granted permission from Dumbledore to use magic until he found Harry, he himself flew over to the island, presumably using his umbrella- which he illegally constructed using his broken wand, but I digress. Anyway, upon finding Harry, Hagrid was no longer authorized to use magic, so the two of them departed the island using the one and only rowboat. So how on earth did the Dursleys get back to the mainland? Number 6. Traps for the stone were solved by untrained children Now, near the very beginning of the novel, the Philosopher's Stone is transferred from Gringotts to Hogwarts by Hagrid on the orders of Dumbledore. Presumably, this is done to keep the stone in the safest place possible. However, why Dumbledore believed that a castle filled with a bunch of curious students would be a more secure location than a magical bank vault that trapped any trespassers for eternity- with goblins only checking the vault every decade or two- is, well, beyond me. In any case, we later learn that the stone is placed behind traps and enchantments created by all the combined magical prowess that the professors of Hogwarts had to offer. Which brings me to a plot hole within this plot hole. Why would the traps protecting this incredibly valuable magical artifact be solvable? Each trap is actually more of a puzzle- but once again, I digress. Anyway, not only were each of the traps protecting the stone solvable- they were all solvable by a group of first-year students. Not the best and brightest of wizard kind, but three 11 year olds, two of whom didn't even know magic existed less than a year prior. Number 7. Hogwarts Doesn't Offer Muggle Core Subjects Now, it's arguable that perhaps witches and wizards don't have much use for maths or muggle history, BUT the fact that there's no language classes is a bit baffling to me. Firstly, you'd think there'd be even a minor focus on being able to properly write and communicate, but also, I would have thought that the language of other countries, not to mention other magical species, would have been offered as at least electives. 8. The Required School Supplies Are Archaic Okay, this has never made any sense to me. I mean, I get that magic is often associated with medieval times and whatnot, but why on earth would one of the most prominent wizarding schools in the world have not evolved with modern times in terms of school supplies? I mean, perhaps with some witches and wizards living over a century, a few of these items may simply have not been phased out yet- as in, I could see some of the older professors not updating the list of what's required for their classes. But you'd think that the teenagers who make up the majority of Hogwarts population would have, at the very least, requested the option of getting a pack of pens and a notebook instead of quills and parchment. 9. The hypocritical punishment for breaking curfew. As you may recall, partway through the Philosopher's Stone, Harry is caught breaking curfew, a curfew which has been instated to protect the students of Hogwarts. And yet, and yet, The very punishment bestowed upon the children for being out after dark is to, send them out into the dark, and not just any dark, but dark within the forbidden forest, full of creepy and dangerous magical creatures. So bizarre. 10. Dumbledore destroying the stone in the end So when Dumbledore explains to Harry at the very end of the novel that the stone has simply been destroyed, a very obvious question crept, wait, no, leapt, into my mind. Why go to all that trouble to protect the stone, transfer it from Gringotts to Hogwarts, only to end up destroying it? If getting rid of it was the safest option, shouldn't that have been the FIRST option? I mean, I'm all for trying something out to see if it works, but this seems like an incredibly risky thing to have done. I suppose there is the argument that Albus suspected that Voldemort was gaining strength and thought this might be a good way to gas him out or something. Or perhaps he simply wanted to see what Harry Potter was capable of, since he admits in the final installment of the series that he's been mentoring him in order to meet his death against Voldemort. Or maybe this is just another plot hole, with no rational explanation. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What do you think? Did I miss any super obvious plot holes that have always bothered you in the Philosopher's Stone? Or perhaps you don't agree with one, maybe two. Please share your objections, further explanations, and theories in the comments below and, as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember- It does not do to dwell on dreams, and forget to live.